When Shamrock Rovers got one back, tears came to my eyes. When we went two went up and I heard those thousands of Sligo people, I was proud and we went out and won. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. More drama here. Gilani. North. Elding. 3-2. They'll be looking for Stenson's head away at the far post. And over it comes Elliot. Stenson! 1-1. Welcome along to episode number 120 of the Bitter Edge Supporters Trust podcast. We're back for a new season and I'm delighted to be joined by Sean Dunn. Sean, how are you? Great, Ronan. Back for another year of torture. Can't beat it. <laughs> Donald Kelly, how's things? Absolutely fantastic, Ronan. Thank you. What's the crack, Connor Lynch? Good, Ronan. How are you getting on? All good, Connor. Thank you. And finally, Jerry O'Connor, last but not least... What's up? All good. Uh, exciting for the season. Uh, bring it on. Before we hear properly from the lads, we'll hear from men's first team manager John Russell. And this is what he had to say ahead of the new season. It is. Yeah, we're, we're a week out now to the, the first game against Bohemians. And I think a lot of work has gone on behind the scenes over the last few months. And, you know, we've eight new players in. Um, Six just over six weeks preseason work done, a lot of games played, a lot of training sessions, and yeah, I think the, the excitement is starting to build. I was up in Dublin during the week at the, the league launch, and uh, all the media gathering, all the managers, the, the, the captains of the teams, and um, in fairness to the FBI and, and the way they've uh, grown the league department there, it's it's exciting. The, the crowds are up, there's sellouts, and there's a real buzz around the place. John, I'll get things uh, rolling with a handy one. Uh, so obviously it was a difficult season last year for everybody. Um, what, what is your what's your kind of major kind of takeaway from last year? Obviously we've got a, a I suppose a different type of personnel um, in relation to the first team this year than that of last year. But uh, on the back of you know the the huge excitement that we had um, before last season, what is your your kind of major takeaway from last season going into the current year? Yeah, there was a lot of soul searching last year. We all know it was a, it was a rough ride, uh, especially towards the end of the season. Um, and yeah, I did a lot of reviewing, uh, looked at everything from the start of pre-season, even before pre-season in terms of recruitment all the way through. And, you know, the, I think the main kind of takeaways were, number one, we had too many injuries. I mean, up to the, the 1st of May last season, we were probably in a good spot. You know, we were thinking around the cusp of things clicking uh, into gear and we were fourth in the league and then all of a sudden we, we got hit with a, a load of players out, 10 players out. So that was a huge uh, point for me going into this season and I made changes towards the end of the season last year in terms of bringing in Ray Finance, come back to the club as head of medical and James O'Donnell has come in and we've added Kevin Brady as well this year as a sports therapist. So we've got three people on board to, to look after the players because look, injuries are part of sport. But when players get injured, you have to treat them and, and get them back quickly. And when they come back, that they don't reoccur and break down. So that, that was a huge point because no, no team can sustain the amount of injuries we had and, and expect to be winning games week in, week out. Um, and then I had to look at the team. You know, we weren't scoring goals and we were conceding goals. And I think in our league, transitions are massive and you need legs and energy to, to get around the pitch. And 
in those moments when when you lose the ball to, to track back and I had to look at the profile of the, of the squad and we, we made a lot of changes. I think over 13 players left the club at the end of the season. I said we, we brought in eight and budgets dictate what you, you can and can't do. But I, I'd like to think players we've we've brought in um, fit the profile of what I'm looking for. They're, they're all young, hungry, ambitious players that are capable of playing um, a really attacking brand of football, but they're good on transitions. So I'd, I'd be excited to see what, what they can bring this year. Um you know, I think selling players as well last year. Obviously, Aidan Keane going in January, Max going in July, Luke going. So Luke was in your striker and keeper was a, was a big blow to us. And look, these people might say that these are excuses. They're they're legitimate because look at Shelburne. If they sold Connor Cairns and, and Jack Moylan, which there was huge interest in him during the summer, if they went, there's no way they would have got Europe because Moylan was scoring goals and Cairns was keeping them out. So these played a big factor in, in how the season kind of unraveled for us. Yes, we, we were low on confidence. There's, there's no doubt when you're losing games. And then the knock-on effect is, of the stuff I mentioned um, made it really difficult and, and challenging. But, you know, I'd, I'd like to think myself and the staff managed the, the storm and we got it over the line. Um, and it's a, it's a complete reset now. And I'd like to think, you know, we're in a, in a good place coming into the new season. Very quickly, John. Um, would you agree that this year we won't have the luxury of a UCD or a Cork to a lesser extent? I would agree, yeah. I think this season is going to be a war of attrition. It's You look at, the I think, the season, I can't remember what year it was, there was 12 teams in it. I think two or three were going down, possibly three teams went down that year. Um, and the, the calibre of teams come up, you've got Galway and Waterford full-time with big backers. Um, Drada, who you know, I think there's going to be pressure on on Kevin Doherty and Drada this year because how well they did last year, and now they've got investors as well. Um, so there's no team you're thinking, oh, that, that's a handy game. Um, but I think teams would be looking at us and saying, well, Sligo recruited well, and, and it's a difficult venue to go up in the showgrounds. And, and I feel if we get um, that attachment between the the, the the new squad, the new group we have this year and, and our supporters, I felt there was a disconnect towards the end of the season and, and I understand when you're losing games and there's a, that perception of are these lads trying um, but I, I hope this year that you know from the off that we make the showgrounds a real fortress so anyone coming down they know they're in for a game and, and um, that we're intimidating the opposition, we're intimidating the referees when they come down and, and we, we show what we're about. John, you just touched on confidence there as well in during last season. It was a, became an issue maybe towards the end of it. You look at what we've kept from last year. You've re-signed a lot of a good, a good portion of last year's squad in terms of lads you'd like to have seen kept on as well. How do you think going into this season their confidence will be? Like, is there any? Do you have any fears of any? You know, maybe lose one or two that they just feel that same fears of last year coming back into this year again or? Do you feel that no, they're mentally strong enough to just put that behind them now and we can move forward? I think they'll be the better for it. You know, people talk about resilience and, um, you know, mental strength and all that. You don't get that by going through good times. <laughs> you get it by going through the bad times. And these lads went through a serious season. I did and the staff that were there last year. So that's how you build that up. So you take that with you and you move into the next year. And look, there's going to be ups and downs this year. There's 36 league games plus the cup. Are we going to win every game? We'd love to, but you know that's not going to be realistic. So there's going to be periods where you might lose two on the bounce, or um, you draw you draw three games. And you're you're looking to get that that win, and um, 
you have to learn from those experiences and say, well, for me, there was times last year where we should have got draws. It was either we, we were spectacular, we won loads of games or we lost. We, we've got to have that steelness in us now that sometimes you just take the draw and you move on to the next the next game. Um, and I think the lads will have learned from that. And, you know, if you remember, we brought in eight new players. So it's a new group. So these lads are coming in not knowing what happened last year as well. Um, so I think that will benefit us. And in, return, in terms of the recruitment, again, now, John, you've definitely had to be a lot shrewder in the market this time around with the budget being cut. And you've obviously gone to the loan market as well. And just there was a question put out on Twitter there earlier on. So a couple of people were asking, you know, come June, it seems to be there's a few of the loan, loan loans coming to an end. Like, mm-hmm. how do you set up for that as well? Especially because if you look at it, it's Aid, I think Ellis and Denham, the centre half. So realistically, you could be talking about losing the, the spine of your team in June. Yeah, the, when you do these loan agreements, um, it's sometimes it has to be done because it's their season finishes then and they're back for pre-season. Um, but it doesn't mean that the, the loan can't be renewed. You look at Fabrice Hartman is still with us. Initially, that was till July and, and we renewed it uh, till the following July because their season is July to July. So sometimes it can just be um, down to the windows and then the, the circumstances of the players, you know, certain players like Ellis, Ollie Denham, people mightn't realise they're out of contract in the summer. So for me, trying to be creative in terms of the budget, we couldn't afford to do permanent deals with some of these lads anyway. So doing the loan, the loan market allows us to get players of hopefully a higher calibre than that's in the league because the, the pool of players are very small. So you're getting a player like Ellis who's played League 1, League 2, um, Ollie Denham who's played in the Championship. Obviously, everyone knows Edge, League 1 player. Um, and Fabrice, who, who everyone knows from from um, being with us before, so these guys are all quality players. Um, but we wouldn't be able to afford to have these players on a permanent deal at the club. You know, we, yeah. we sold out. Um, he's he's gone to a higher level on, on higher wages, but now we have him back, and it's exciting to have him back in the team. So I, I like to look at those four players and think they'll make us strong this season. I just thought touching on one there as well is Fabrice. Eh, like everyone has to be able to see that lad's ability, like. It's frightening what he's capable of at times. But it was so start-stop last year with all the injuries. So, like, hopefully, you'd like to think for this season's kicking off now that we'll actually finally see the best of him. Like, he's gone through uh, pre-season, looks decent, you know, looks fit, healthy. I'm sure that's got to excite you as well because, like, players like that sitting in the sitting in the stands injured, that's got to, you know, make you want to bounce your head off already, doesn't it? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Because as a manager, you want your best players in the pitch. As supporters, you guys, you, you want to see Fabrice on the pitch doing what he does because he's an unbelievable footballer. Uh, I think he's one of the best I've worked with or seen. And, you know, he is long, he is looking fit. And he was unfortunate last year the way the, the season went from a very stop start. But I think there's a big season in him. And, you know, people have to realise as well, these players that we have, that they're young kids. Like when he came into us, he had to deal with the, the situation of coming to the club and then the registration not being going in and he, had, he couldn't play football for a good few months. Uh, and then he was about to catch fire last year and got the injury. And, um, you know, we do an awful, an awful lot of work with the players, you know, just not just on the pitch, but off the pitch. And, you know, Fabrice is 22 now. And I think the work he's done himself to mentally, physically, I think he's in a really good place now. So, if he can stay fit and fresh, and um, which I'm hoping with the the backroom changes and that we've made at the club, you know, hopefully it's a it's a big year for him. John, um, 
Uh, we have a question from Keelan Dunleavy on uh, social media. Uh, I suppose for anybody that's looking at the team over the last number of weeks in the preseason friendlies, it's obvious that um, uh, Stefan is on the bench a lot, uh, but has had very little game time. Um, Keelan is wondering uh, what your plans are for Stefan for the season. Is he going to be a key player or is he likely to be bit part? And I suppose we're all aware that he's probably on a higher wage within the club. Yeah, so uh, he missed a bit of um, pre-season training. So he's only come back into the full now. So in terms of his minutes, yeah, they haven't been as, as big as others. But for me, I have to focus on the players who I feel are going to be um, making an impact straight away at the start of the season. So all focus is on the, the game against Bowles and, and lads making sure that they're ready for 90 minutes. Tactically as well, John, what's the... Is it going to be much of the same from last year in terms of the approach? Or do you feel like you're going to change it a little bit? Is there going to be a plan B adapted into the into the team this year? What's the focus there? Yeah, um, you know, you have to you either you, you win or you learn, and there was a lot of learnings last year. Um, I am an attacking coach, attacking manager. Um, I want the, the football played a certain way. I have my principles and, and we train a certain way to, to play that that brand um, of, you know, fast, tackling football, one and two touch, breaking lines, playing for fans. When they pay in to watch us, that they're excited that they're going, this is enjoyable football, but yeah, you have to win. You know, I, I know that as a manager, otherwise you lose your job. We didn't win enough matches last year. I don't think it was totally down to the, the style of play. Um, you know, sometimes you have to look at the, the individual errors that were made there was games where we were on top we should have seen out games and then there was moments of madness or players underperformed and sometimes again I go back to we do huge work with players in terms of video clips sitting down trying to improve them but ultimately the players can't do what you want them to do you have to move them on and get better players in and I feel the players that we have brought in this year I think will be able to um, step up from what we had last year um, but also there's learnings in terms of who you play, different teams, their styles, you know, we don't all get to play on, on Tallis Stadium on, on that carpet where you can play off one touch. So sometimes you need to go more direct um, and and adjust your style to get results. And I feel that, you know, the more work we have with the players on the training ground and as the season begins, you know, because we brought in even two centre-backs are only in 10 days. So you have to get these lads up to speed and build connections with each other. The ideal scenario for me is everyone's in first day pre-season but a key element was for me in the off-season, be patient, don't dive in and, and sign players for the sake of it, get quality. And if it means waiting until the last day of the window and getting one more player in, that means we're going to have a chance of winning. That's the way I'll do it. Every, every day, that's because of the weather as well up the northwest probably is a little bit <laughs> different to what they're used to on the east coast. Um, but that comes back to resources as well. We're doing the best we can. And the guys that are working on it at the moment are doing their best. But... It can always be better. Particularly as well. Um, just as an observation, maybe myself just watching the Derry game, obviously you haven't played at home much this season uh, for pre-season. It seemed like there was a bit of a drop in the high line that we played last year. I don't know, was it just for that game in particular where we protecting the, the lad that was on trial, the sub wall lad that played the centre-half maybe, but it seemed to actually flow better for us. Would that be something you consider for the season ahead where it felt like the midfielders weren't sitting on top of the centre-halves where we were actually able to play out through the midfield a bit better. And the likes of Ellis and Mali were able to play out quicker and get it out wide and get forward. Derry seemed to really struggle with it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what all the other managers in the league and, and supporters are listening to this, so I won't be giving away too much. 
Um, but yeah, we are looking at different. Um, that's what I'm, you know, you're asking the question: our style and are we going to adjust and all that? Yeah, that there's going to be tweaks to the to the system and, and how we approach games. Um, but without a doubt, you have to look at the the players you have at your disposal and, and what their strengths are. And then you're looking at the opposition, and you know there will be times at home where we will be in a in a mid block, and you know we won't be pressing high up the pitch at, at certain moments because sometimes last year we we went gung ho and, and we were pressing high, and then once teams broke our press, they were in on goal, and we we gave way too many chances. And um, so it's definitely an area we we've identified. Um, and then in terms of the build up as well, you want to get your best players the ball. Like sometimes you can overcomplicate things, and and you know. Um, the game is simple it, it, it can be complex but then it, you have to make it as simple as possible for the players and getting your best players the ball you talk about Conor Malley Ellis Chapman uh, Fabrice Hartman Simon Power these guys they're, they're talented players and if we can get them the ball they're going to hurt teams it was, it was a difficult job to hold on to I'm sure there was a lot of interest in the likes of Niall and Will Fitzgerald and fellas like that it was difficult to hold on to those players um, yeah there was there was big interest in, in those lads um, and they were two key players that I, that I wanted to keep because, you know, I'm looking at the profile of what you want um, in, in terms of, of your team and, and the players and they take so many boxes that they're available for all the games. They leave everything on the pitch. Um, you know, they're, they're hungry to, to go to another level. They're coachable. Uh, they're great guys. And I suppose there was a lot of uncertainty at the end of the season because you have to be real... We finished eighth. Um, you know, it was a struggle at the end just to get it over the line. A lot of players I let go, and then the better ones are looking and saying, "Well, is it going to be the same next year?" And then there's other clubs saying, "Well, come to us. We can do this because we might be in Europe, or we can give you more money." And I had good conversations with with those two guys, and um, you know, thankfully I was able to to convince them to stay. Uh, I think they're they're probably happy now in in terms of making that decision. And even the, the other guys I mentioned, the, the Conor Malley, Simon Powers, even J.R. Wilson, you know, for them to come to Sligo, um, it was a combination of things. It's not just we were in Europe because we weren't. You know, that's always the attraction. A lot of time come to Sligo because of the, the resource that we have. But it was interesting listening to the likes of Conor and, and Simon, that the reason that they wanted to come was the style of play that they played against us last year. And they said, that they really liked it. They, they came off the pitch, even though we got beaten the games, they were like, Jesus, they're a serious outfit. They know what they're doing. And we would like to play that brand of football. And we, we feel that our strengths will be in that. So for me, when I spoke to these guys, that's why I wanted to go for them, because I felt that they could come in and benefit us. And then they themselves felt that. So, you know, I think that's a good reflection of, of the club, of what we're trying to do, our identity and, and the staff, because sometimes it's hard to get players to come when you're, when you're coming off the back of that type of season. John, do you expect um, John Mahan to uh, play football this season? Yeah, it's it's a tricky one with John. I mean, I have to say, like I've known John since he's a kid and I, I haven't seen him come back in such good shape, both physically, mentally. I mean, I was so excited when I saw him for the first week, two weeks of pre-season. Um, he was dialed in, real leader in training and, um, you know, football you know, we all know he's a brilliant defender, but even on the ball, he was showing really good signs from what we worked with him last season. And, um, you know, he was going to be huge and just gutted for him personally that he picked up that injury. We all know he, he tore his Achilles and for him personally, but us as a, as a group, 
he's such a massive player. Um, but thankfully, he got the operation really quick and he's on the road to recovery now. He's going to be out for a number of months. We have to wait and see how the body heals, but hopefully um, we might see him towards the, the end of the season. John, you spoke about the group there. Um, judging by the, the lads you've brought in, I've just been in and out of the showgrounds myself doing bits of pieces and that. You kind of you see in around the training ground and that. And it seems like even though it's a smaller squad, obviously, this year, the camaraderie within the group seems to be quite good. You know, you can see the lads, they're bouncing off each other. There seems to be a bit of crack going on. Like, and I take it back to even when you came to Sligo first, like under Cookie and that, you know, you, there wasn't massive squads then, but there was a good group. You know, you created a great atmosphere and, you know, teams build like that. So would you like to think that's what we're kind of doing here? Because that's what it, from, I'm not saying we're building Cookie's team here. I'm not trying to put you under that kind of pressure. But <laughs> uh, I just going off what you're seeing there, like if you can get a good core together, build yeah. a bit of camaraderie, it can benefit us going forward, surely. Oh, definitely. I think Cookie had three or four years as well to build his team. So saying they're going to give me three or four years, lads, yeah. Um, but no, I, I agree. Sometimes, you know, when you when your budget's being stripped back and you have to go for a smaller, smaller squad, it does become that tighter knit group. And, you know, it's also against the world. And, um, you know, the players that we've kept, they're a young, hungry group. You look at Reese, um, Nando, they're 23, 24, Niall, Will, they're, they're all that age profile. And, um, so they have similar interests you know there's not that big gap between the, the ages and then you've got the academy lads coming up um, that have been in around us since the summer and, and they're they're looking to, to get in and break into the team and, and understand what it means to play for the club and, and, and these new guys coming in as well you know a big thing during pre-season I, I tried to do with the group was get external guys to come in and, and speak to them about what it means to play for Sligo Rovers you know what it means to the supporters because we are different to all the other clubs, you know, you look at football worldwide now, it's money, 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 investors, you know, the benefactors, we're, we're unique and we have to look at that for me as a positive and not a negative. And, you know, I was fortunate enough to, to get Tommy Gorman to come in and, and he presented to us in, in Westport before we, we stayed down there for the night and brilliant guy, you know, passionate about the club and, and, and really get the history and, um, to the players and an insight from what it means for him sitting in the stands and you know another guy who's come into us and hopefully we'll have many again is Shane Martin um, who I'm sure some of you guys would know him um, psychologist and I felt it was really good to get him to come in from the, the perspective of both you know football it's technical tactical physical but it's huge it's mental and uh, how you think and determines how you feel and, and how you feel determines how you act so um, you know, I wanted the players to, to really get a sense of how they're privileged to be professional footballers, but also what it means to represent the community club. Um, and, you know, for the fans, it means more when they're around the, the town, um, when they're integrating and, and when they're interacting with people. Like, everyone's paying our wages and everyone wants us to do well, but you know, we just want to see everyone give 100%. That's the, the minimum, just empty the, empty the tank give your all and you know you're not going to win every game but that's why I feel that like we need to get that attachment that connection between the players and the supporters this season from the off you know there's good the good times the bad times and we had bad times last year and I'm hoping we'll have a, a lot more good times this year John I think it's uh, interesting what you're saying there about um, uh, driving home the the community aspects of Sligo Rovers um, some of the players that have come into the club this year we, like it's got to be a 
kind of a culture shock. And never mind just coming from the UK to Sligo Rovers or to the west of Ireland, but the likes of uh, Charlie Wiggis, who's, you know, come from the kind of, um, you know, the kind of the 1% set up in relation to Newcastle. Um, do you think players like that, when they come across to, to Sligo, you know, they, they get it that what what's going on here might be slightly different than the majority of other clubs insofar as there is no benefactor that people are playing the wages, as, as you say? Yeah, I think as the season goes on, they'll, they'll get it, especially in the first home game of the season. At the moment, they're, they're just in the door and they're finding their feet. You, you have these conversations, you, you meet guys in the UK face-to-face or sometimes you have to do Zoom calls and you, you explain that it is a unique club and, and you know you try and give them the background. But then when they come in and they're in the porta cabins or you know we're, we're going around to the other grounds and they're saying, well, you know, you're not in Newcastle now, um, and you know you, you get the laughs and all that, but it is a bit of a culture shock for some of these guys. You know, I always slag like when Fabrice went back uh, in the summer after getting injured. I was like, he's going back to Red Bull here to all the glam and and, and the lights and all this. And I was like, there's no chance he's come back to the Porter Cabins like, but he did. So um, you know, at the end of the day, it's about playing football. That's why these guys are coming on loan. They need to play, and that's the the selling point. They're not coming for the money. And they're not coming for the facilities. They're coming to play first-team football and try and win. And if they do well here, it's about you know going back to that thing about the community. They need to try and you know make a name for themselves in Sligo. You look at all the guys who over the years have played for the club. There's fans in the pubs who are talking about them, and they might have been here for one season. And um, some were forced to play for a number of years. You know, look at Joey; he's still living here. Um, you know, th- these guys can have a chance to mark themselves in, in history. So hopefully that we'll we'll do that this year with some of them. It's um John, it's funny you like that, you know, you mentioned the Portal Cabins. Um but I suppose you know as supporters we paid for the Portal Cabins and um you know we collected money to pay for them and I suppose that's the best that we can provide for them. Um and you'd like to think that they they will kinda I suppose give a hundred percent and repay that to us, even though it's only portal cabins, it's still a lot to us. Exactly. And and that's the, the whole point of this. You know, they have to understand that everything that's been done around the place is to try and help improve the club. You know, we, we train on half a grass pitch, we don't have a full size training ground yet. You know, we have we have to move around and, and there's days where the pitch isn't great. But that's part of our culture now. You know what I mean? It's it's sometimes these guys in England get too much, and you know they're they're. I remember going over to, to Everton with, with Ryan Casey, and we we watched training, and the the guys coming out carrying the water bottles on a on a little buggy, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, they're not just carrying their own water bottles. So they're they're creating monsters, and sometimes coming to Sligo and saying, "Well, this is the real world, lads," you know, um, and going around to the different grounds, and and the dress rooms are tiny, and there's. You know, the, you're getting your your strapping and your rubs in the in the showers on the on the physio bed. That's what it is. But ultimately, you have to go out and perform and play to your best. And if you do well, you might move up the levels. And if you don't do well, well, do you know what happens? You you go down the levels. So that's the game. Daniel Lang asked a question, John, in, oh, yeah, in, question, yeah. on Twitter, just about I suppose just when we're talking with the players and connection to the to the community. Um, do you see a role for the players? Um, I suppose maybe going out visiting schools or or being more integrated into the community um, and possibly being more involved in, in, in kind of community initiatives or whatever. Absolutely. It's a, 
conversation that we had in the off season, um, myself and, and the committee, and I know since Andrew's come in as CEO, um, the two of us were, were talking about this. Um, I feel, and I've always said it, that the players, their assets to the club, and they need to be utilised. And it's about you know putting things in place, um, nearly like a calendar, and, and every month that there's certain things that these guys are doing, and it's just all coordinated, and they're they're embedded in the community. Everything revolves around the club. You know, the Saturday nights every two weeks, but the Monday to Friday when we're training, the lads, they're out and about. So it's important that, you know, all the different um, stakeholders, it's not just Sligo Rovers, it's Sligo have to obviously drive it, they're their players, but there's so many other initiatives and programmes going around that the players have such a profile that it's good for them, for themselves, but also for the club and for the people that they're engaging with. So it's, it's, a, it's an area I feel the club need to grow this year. Um, you see that the new full-time position that's coming in as well, that, that all these things help. I know that the Rio Ferdinand Foundation initiatives, all these things that are going on um, can only benefit us going forward. Now, go, going back to the squad, John, um, I think uh, it could be out by one or two numbers, but I think we have 20 players signed, three of which are goalkeepers. Uh, I think we have six attacking players. Um, of those six, two might be deemed kind of out and out strikers or number nines in um, Wilson Wairu and uh, and Elding. Um, do you do? Can we expect more additions to the squad? Uh, and um, are we likely to see more players uh, coming up from the underage structure within the showgrounds this season? Yeah, look, as a manager, I wouldn't be doing my job if I wasn't uh, trying to recruit players and push the, the committee to, to get me more money. Um, I understand that the, we're kind of restricted in terms of what we can do. You know, I'm I'm pushing all the time. I'm hoping to get at least one more player in. Um, it's it, it's about being patient. Um, you know, I've, I suppose I've stuck to that throughout the, the off-season and even during the couple of weeks of pre-season. I've passed on a couple of players um, and, you know, I'm hopeful that I'll definitely get one more in if I can get two brilliant because, look, it's, it's I think it's evident for everyone we have a really tight squad and if you, you know, you are going to pick up one or two injuries or not here and there, especially when you've got three games in a week. Um, but I feel the, the, you know, the additions to our backroom staff will allow us to, to keep players on the pitch a lot more this year. Um, but it does open the door for these academy players and that's the beauty of of these situations when budgets are cut and you have smaller squads it opens the door and young players can surprise you I think the guys who've come in we've got like Kyle McDonough and Dara Patton they're Irish schools internationals now you know I played for the Irish schools when I was a young young guy and, and you know that, that pathway when lads are playing at that level you know they're they're trying to push up through and hopefully that they'll um, break into the team at some stage. Young Connor Reynolds has done really well. Uh, he obviously made his debut last year. Um, so these guys have high high potential and I do see them being in, in and around the squad. Um, obviously Owen Elling signed a professional contract and he's done really well in pre-season. Another young player with, with a lot of potential and we've seen in the past with Johnny Kenny when he broke in you know, the people see him starting that's that season and he ended up uh, catching fire and um, hopefully it'll be the same for some of these younger players. I um uh Sir David Braceford, I don't know if you ever hear him, he's he's this fella he's involved with the, the takeover match United. And um I was listening to an interview that he was doing, he's like this kind of elite sports um 
psychologists kind of are, are implementing these elite systems in, in, in clubs or whatever. But he just, he, he said one night, and uh, funny enough, I, I thought of you when he said it. I, I hope it's, it's in, a, in a good way. But it was uh, tough times don't last, tough people do. And I just, I thought of you last season, and I just thought it was something actually kind of resonated with myself. But uh, certainly, uh, like what you're saying about last season, it, it was character building, I think. And uh, hopefully, that's the. the we we'd all learn from last season and we'd we'd, we'd fly under the radar a bit but hopefully we'll we'll have a good season we'll surprise a few people I think yeah well I, I think the, the the media the national media and the pundits anyway definitely not giving us a chance I think we're we're we'll be down for tenth um maybe ninth at best so um the the only way is up so yeah hopefully we will surprise people no tenth John <laughs> <laughs> definitely not no. <laughs> but that's what it's down for but sure look. You know, sometimes <coughs> that's not a bad thing either. Like, mm. I think when, I think when slight growers are kind of at their best is when they're proving people wrong. And if they have a stand for tenth, well, so be it. And yeah, let's 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 prove people wrong. That's it. I think that's kind of the, the ethos, isn't it? Like, you know, we, we're always fighting an uphill battle, um, but it's part of the DNA and the character of of the club. And you know, even you look at the the stadium developments, you know, the club have developed their own ground, the stadium, as they've gone through the years, being successful, they, they've reinvested the money, you know, obviously now that they have to try and go to government, things are changing where there's bigger money being released because finally people are realising the facilities are, are not up to up to speed in, in the country, but Sligo has always been on the on the back foot and we've always been fighting um, and we continue to do that and, and that's why I think it's so important for the players coming in that they understand that that, that history and, and and where where the club have been and where we're trying to go as well um, because it's great that we are competing with all these teams of bigger resources um, bigger budgets bigger everything but you know we're still here we're still fighting Right lads we'll look ahead now to the new season plenty of promise plenty of new signings look forward to watching Um I before we we logged on this evening, we're recording here Sunday evening just to timestamp it for everyone listening in. Um, I asked you a few questions. So the first one is, where will we finish this season, lads? I'll start with you, Connor. Oh, I think if we, I think if we, you know, after listening to uh, John Russell there, um, we're build we're trying to build something here. So I would say if we finish sixth, I'd be very happy. I'd be happy. If we finished fifth and fourth, I'd be very happy. But sixth, I think we'll finish. Sean? Uh, yeah, sixth, I'd be actually delighted with that. So I think it's a good building block going forward for us. Um, don't fancy winning a relegation scrap again this year. It's not good for you. Uh, so, look, hopefully we're not. Um, it's hard to tell, Ronan, but yeah, sixth, I'd be over the moon. Jerry? God, it's it's a really difficult question to, to answer. Uh, Ronan, look, we're going to have the small. We have the smallest budget by a mile. We have the smallest squad by a mile. We probably have the youngest squad by quite a distance. I think Simon Powers are our oldest player at twenty five. So it look, it is going to be tough. Um, I know the lads mentioned six there. Um, if we were to get six, I think that'd be an incredible season. Um. But look, having said that too, I think we're in a better place going into this season in terms of like having probably realistic expectations. 
Whereas last season, I think they were maybe be maybe a little bit over the top and people saying that it was our biggest budget ever, which it was. But it was still, as we said at the time, it was our set. It was the seventh biggest budget in the league, finishing eight. So, you know, as bad as it was, it wasn't totally off the where where we should be. Um, I'd like to think that we, I think we've got a, a small. Having said that, I know it's young. I know it's small group, but sometimes that might be a good thing in terms of you know togetherness and tightness and things like that, and uh, lads having each other's back and. Um, yeah, who who knows? It's 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 difficult to tell. Uh, but look, I'm excited, looking forward to the season, and yeah, I think the only way is up. And Donald, you're always the optimist. Where will we finish this year? Uh, maybe not. Maybe not in this question. Or if we finish seven or eight, I'd be delighted to be honest with you. Um, uh, I think I suppose we need to be realistic with our expectations now. Having said that, I wouldn't be surprised if we finished higher up the table. I suppose I just wanted. To temper my own expectations for the season ahead. We just need to be incredibly lucky, lucky in terms of, of injuries and a lot of the stuff that went wrong for us last season hopefully doesn't go wrong for us again uh, this season in terms of luck. But um, like I, from what I've seen in the squad, I like the players that, that's been signed. I'm, as always, I'm optimistic, but realistically, like if we finish 7 or 8 this season, I, I take that now, to be honest. Yeah. Myself, I'm going to go with 7th. Who will finish in the yeah. top four this season, Sean? Shams win the league at a canter. Um, Pats, Derry. And genuinely, I think fourth down is the lottery. I, I really, I, I don't know. Genuinely, I don't know. Uh, I think Shells are banking on Duff having that same motivation and push this year. Go on, Joy. Yeah, it's funny as well, though. Do you, know, do you remember if you cast your mind back there uh, pre-Christmas and Shelburne were probably the first club out of the blocks in terms of signing players? And everybody was like, oh, my God, they're going to have they're gonna have a massive season. But I can't remember the last time that Shelburne actually signed a player. They signed yeah. three or four at the start and they haven't signed anybody else. They'd be back even the, even the ones they signed, like, would you have, would you have jumped over walls to get them yourself? No, not at all. Like, there's no kind of look. The good, solid squad with a very, very good manager. In fairness, he does get the best out of what he has, and he's he's proven that. Uh, but sometimes as well, like shells were maybe a little bit of a surprise entity last year, and like there is the old adage of uh, second season syndrome where people have sussed out and things like that. So I think uh, Shelburne might actually have it a little bit more difficult this season than what they had last. Burst and Jarvis are big players for them. Like if they, if they click, they'll make a big difference. But I'd always be wary of the likes of Shams loaning out a player of Burst's ability to what you consider to be a top four rival as such. That's a strange one. I don't know why it's why a club would reinforce one of their rivals. So that doesn't add up for me. But we'll see how it goes. Maybe that's Shams' logic. Really Maybe that's Shams' logic in that. They see themselves out there on their own, um, yeah, and and possibly you know, loaning a player like Bart to Shelburne that like well, there's maybe a possibility of him taking or helping to take points off the likes of Pats and Derry and and, and teams like that. So yeah, it is a strange one, but yeah, Sham's logic. 
like you also look at the likes of Bowles and Dundalk, like and people go on about like our recruitment and stuff, like and people give off shite for the whole of last season about our recruitment going to Eastern Europe, and like that's exactly where Bowles have gone this year. Like all their signings, oh sorry, Bardale Rooney, all their signings have been from Estonia and one from Poland. Like does that fill you with massive dread that they're gonna take over the league this year? Like. I wouldn't imagine so. They have the same manager of last season. Also, they have the same manager as last season. So, I mean, you know, we were all we were all amazed when Devine got the job, and uh, we're probably all still amazed that he's still he's still there. Like, you know. Yeah, well, the wheels fell off the bus halfway through last year. Like, you know what I mean? There was a couple of them that kept him in his job. I'd say. Realistically, he made a bit. He made a bit of an age of him. Well, look. You know, he made a big issue of himself as well, you know, with that speech at the end of the season about Shelburne in the cup final and all stuff like that. And like oh, making big speeches, much. yeah, making big speeches over things that you, you have no control of, you know, are always going to come back and bite you in the arse. And uh, that's it, was like a real David Brent type moment. Mm. And the fact that we've beaten them to players as well this year, just keep that in mind. Just going back to to shells, uh, they along with uh, Shams and um, and Dundalk, as of last week, according to um, according to John O'Connor on Twitter, those three clubs have twenty three players each in their squads. So, like shells are not going to sign a huge amount more. I don't think, you know, in relation to in relation to squad numbers, they're not going to go much beyond a squad of twenty three. Like, can't see it now at this stage. Um, you know, uh, uh, how many players did how many players did he have us down as having? We had twenty. Uh, we had twenty, which is accurate as of this week. But he still hasn't excluded McAteer in that list. Ma- yeah, but like, is McAteer? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So here's, here's another midfielder. So that brings us up to twenty-one. With Chapman, Barrow, uh, Conor Malley, and Morhan, and McAteer would be four midfielders as such. Yeah, but you also have to kind of consider as well that, you know, what's our 20 versus somebody else's 20? Um, like, we have a, we do have a lot of young lads making up that 20. When you look at it, it's probably maybe 16, 17 senior professionals. And even at that, as I said, as I mentioned earlier on, the time how was the oldest at 25. So when and he, when he like he John O'Connor in that list that he had on Twitter he he included Brush in the twenty. Yeah, yeah like Brush isn't going to play. In no. fairness, he's not. But like he, he's not going to play. Like you've got you know you've got Ed there. Then um, Walsh Connor Walsh is 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 going to be number two. Like Brushy yeah. is nowhere near uh, playing. He's got he's, you know um, like I I was looking at the the Derry City. Um, uh, official team photo, and I was I was like, Jesus Christ, the fucking size of the squad, the twenty eight players, uh, in the team photo. So, so under nineteens, under twenties, twenty six of them played for Dundalk. Five, yeah, five, maybe, five, but that's what I'm saying. Like our twenty is the equivalent to their twenty seven, twenty eight. <coughs> Do you know what I mean? Like we have under eighteens and under nineteens as part of our twenty, but they've got like under eighteen and nineteens as part of their twenty seven, twenty eight. Like they have real strength and depth, whereas we don't. Like if you look at Galway as well, they've a fucking huge squad, huge squad. Um, 
you know, which is great one way, but in terms of development for young players, like how is young players supposed to develop at Derry or Galway when you've got the likes of John Coffey just constantly signing players? Like, I think they've got a massive squad. Um, I think they have a good squad, but nothing, um, again, like what well, I think Sean was saying, like you'd be jumping out to sign. Maybe Gary Buckley would be the one you might have wanted to hold on to. But, nah. yeah, no, like, you know, he's, can we can we really afford him? Probably not. Obviously, we, 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 also, we also don't know what sort of player he is. We don't know if he's the same, the Gary Buckley of 2022, you know. Oh, 100%. 100%. Um, is, is that a case there now, lads? Are we doing the perfect example of what the Dundalk fans are doing about Conor Malley that we're only talking about it a minute ago? Do you know what I'm saying? I still argue the point that Dundalk fans were more disappointed to see him go. But I haven't said that. I, a lot of Sligo Road sports were disappointed to see uh, Buckley go. But the last five or six games that uh, Buckley played for Sligo Rovers. I've never seen a player giving the ball away as much as, as, as he did. He was absolutely shocking. He's um, only come back from injury, Jerry. Like, do you know what I mean? It, just, it doesn't mean that you can't pass the ball. I know no, I'm talking about five or six games. He had a few games already. And I'm not mm. knocking him, Donald. I'm saying, like, statistically, if you were to look at his possession or passing, it was really, really bad. It was almost like he was looking for the opposition player to, to pass to. So... You know, whether you're injured or not doesn't mean that you pass the ball to the opposition. I, I thought he was very, very... He was a weak link. Like, you look at the Shamrock Rovers game, the last game of the season, I don't think he passed to a, a, a lad in a, a red shirt. Yeah. Well, look, we, we maybe... And we, we have to be honest as well. He may go on to, to lead go yeah. with the glory, like, you know, but I do think... I do... Maybe he will. I, I, I think there's a question mark. Time. I think there's a big mm. question mark over him. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, who's who's going to finish? What was the question, Ron? Who's going to be in the top four, Don? <laughs> oh yeah, Don was hanging on there. Yeah. I think so, the, I me, think the, the, the league is over, isn't it? Oh, no, I think uh, I think I think Derry going to win the league. Um, I ah. think if, if the same if the same another striker, I think Derry going to win the league. Should have uh, signed one of the best strikers in the league. Who in Hoban is it? Yeah, but they're still short. Even chatting to the Derry fans there at the at the friendly, they're still probably one player short up front. So I think if to say if they, if they get in another forward, they have a great chance to win the league. I think uh, Shams maybe finish second, Pat's third, and going out of fourth. Oh, for fuck's sake! Oh, will you oh, go yeah, away? Yeah, we'll just get him out, will you? <laughs> go away, fourth. Fucking hot oh. that! Derry Bucky top goal scorer. Uh, no, you're on that forum too much. That's what's wrong with you. No, my suppose my genuine fear, my genuine fear about about Galway is um, I wouldn't be one bit dismissive dismissive of them at all. I think Thurland Park is going to be a very difficult venue to go to. Um, they're getting big crowds down there. No, I said it before. Like it's getting three, four thousand uh, every year, and they're going to be. Like every John John Coffey side, they're going to be a very functional side. Like every Ollie Horgan, it's like it's like an Ollie Horgan side with a bit of quality in it. Um, I don't, I wouldn't be dismissive of Galway. Uh, I think again, they're a team that could probably overachieve the season if if they if they get the breaks to the big squad as well. So, yeah, no, no, no fairness, that's, that's... brought you in association with Supermax. 
Just, yeah. uh, no, in fairness, you no know, Donald's Donald is bang on there. Um, do you know, like they have big squads, they have a little bit more quality, and they definitely will be functional. Like we we seen ourselves in the friendlies. Uh, like they're not going to change their way of their style of playing. Like their biggest asset is throwing the ball in from the halfway line into the box. Their their throwings are nearly more effective than corner kicks. So they play to their strengths, and it's not like it's it's absolutely like. We we sometimes complain that we don't uh, we complain about John Russell where we've got Plan A and we don't really adapt to Plan B. Like with with Galway, they're also play with Plan A and they don't adapt to Plan B. But their Plan A is just like launch it into the box and play the percentages, and they're very 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 good at that. And I think they will rattle a lot of teams' cages, um, and they will pick up. And I don't think. They're in absolutely any danger whatsoever of being in, you know, a relegation battle. I think I would put the mid table, but I totally take on point with everything Donald has said there. Do you think they have enough goals in them for that though? That's the thing. Who who's their who's their out in that I mean, goal score? The like, same, you know, they seem to get the a lot of goals from midfield. Sorry, don't sorry, sorry. No, they did sign a striker there. Um, they did sign a striker there from I know was that was who it was, yeah, yeah. I don't know his name now, but like they have, they, they have uh, brought in players anyway. Like, um, yeah. I think that would be their big deficiency, though, in terms of like Premier Division goal scoring. No more than ourselves, I suppose, yeah. at, the, at this present moment in time. In that, like they brought that lad in. I think he was at, I know he was currently unknown at at, at Southport's unknown. He's twenty year old. Ah, look, you couldn't be hanging your hat on him. Um, at all because new league young lad uh, it's one yeah. of those then though Jerry isn't it that he could hit the ground running and he could, he could. it's a gamble isn't it yeah so, I suppose look it's what you're saying there you could look at us in the same light as well well Weiru could get a one against Bose now on Friday night and he's off and running and it might just take off for him that's what happens with strikers sometimes yeah. the one thing the one thing I you know about Weiru though so he is an Irish lad and you know he's 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 gone through the system in terms of, you know, underage LOI. Uh, um, you know, he went to Cove on on loan, uh, ripped it up in the fir- in the first division. In fairness to him, seen him quite. I seen him play quite a bit. Really impressed by him. Um, I know Galway uh, did want to keep him. We had to pay a small fee to Galway to to get him. Um, so I I, I I've heard different mixed reports about him. A lot of them, in my opinion, would be kind of, in my opinion, would be inaccurate. Uh, you know, that he's not quick, he's not physical. I think from watching him in in, in competitive matches, he's both of those things. Um, mm. Even in the Derry City game, you know, it was one particular time when he got the ball on the right side, he flipped it by the, the, the Derry left back and he absolutely left him for days. I think, he pulled him down. Um, so no, I think there's, you know, if I was to pick a lad from that was unknown at Southport, 20 years of age, over Wilson, I'd have Wilson every day of the week. Um, I do think that we need to get another centre forward in. I think we are close to getting one to two more centre forwards in. Um, but again, it'll probably come down to, to finances and, and things like that. So, yeah, look, I did get mine. Oh, sorry, yeah. Good mind, it is an absolute disgrace. Yeah. yeah. Go on, Connor. 
I'll give you mine after you and then run. Right, okay. Um, so in fourth place, uh, it, could, I, it could be anybody in fourth place. Uh, I'm going to say Shams in third, Derry second, <laughs> and Pat's number one. I'll give mine. I think Shamrock Rovers will win the league. No, sorry, I don't. I think Sim. Yeah, no, I do actually. Shamrock Rovers is good. I thought Sim. Until I watched the President Cup final, I thought Sim Pat would win the league. Um, but they were absolutely shy against Shams there on Friday night. They signed another lad on different fucking huge squad as well. They signed another lad there from some Turkish outfit, uh, midfielder. Don't really know much about him, but yeah, look, he's got caliber by looks of things. So I gave Shamrock Rovers number one, I gave St. Patrick's Athletic number two, Derry City number three, and I have look, I don't really know who would be number four, but stick Shelburne in there for the sake of it. That's the top four that I would have went for as well. I looked into predictions last week. So, yeah, Shams one, Pat's two, Derry three, and Shells four. But, uh, yeah, I just think, I know it's a, it's a Sligo Rovers podcast, but Shamrock Rovers are far and above the, the rest of the league. Anyway. Turmoil. They're in turmoil. They're in turmoil. <laughs> <laughs> So from the top of the table, lads, to the bottom, who's getting relegated? Uh, Jerry. God. Um, Can Galway finish fourth and be relegated at the same time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, yes, yes. Yes, because yeah. the Coleman brothers pulled the plug on them. They have no money to go out of business. Boom. Bob's your uncle. Done and dusted. Gone. <laughs> Be honest, Ron, I've absolutely no, absolutely no idea who's going to finish bottom. Um, I think as the lads were saying, you know, from fourth down, it's it's impossible to predict. Like we could finish last, no reason why we can't. You know, if things go shit, um, like that too. Don't say go away. No reason. I, I, I personally don't think they'll be anywhere near the bottom. Uh, you just don't know, like. You, you look at Waterford, right? And they seem to have a pretty decent squad. But you look at the person that owns them. like Nobody knows to you just don't. Yeah, exactly. You know, nobody, nobody is answerable to that. Nobody's answered the question, who does own them? But the guy who we think does own them is in prison. So you just don't know. Anything could happen with them. You know, and that's, I suppose, that's really the beauty of the League of Ireland and why... It's called the greatest league in the world because it's just fucking bananas. Would you prefer to have a UCD there this season? Yeah. No. I I think it'll make for a much more interesting... Yeah, I mean, because at, at the start, well, I've thought about this and I thought, Jesus, you know, and obviously we, we spoke to John about having a UCD or a Cork, but it's going to make for a much, much more interesting season. Having a team, you know, boxed off as relegation fodder it's no good for anybody, really. Like, you know, well, it was great for us. <laughs> yeah. We weren't complaining last season. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why would you, you know what? Do you know what? I think that made us even rest on our laurels come the summer of last year when we when we lost the likes of Max, 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 when we lost the likes of Max and Luke, and uh, where you know we kind of turned around and said, "Oh, look, we won't get relegated because there's two worse than us." So we won't go and invest in the squad again and try and progress ourselves and get better. We just 
we'll go with what we have and we'll see will we be all right. When all in all, you still weren't okay, but we kind of took the foot off the gas nearly and kind of settled back and we just say, all right, forget about this season, write it off and we'll go for next year. I think you need you need competition down there to keep you honest all the time and it actually should improve you as a team. You know, I, I don't think it benefits anyone. If it doesn't benefit crowds, it doesn't benefit teams, it doesn't benefit the league, I think you need competitiveness. If you're trying to sell a product, you need competitiveness throughout the league. And I think it's going to it's gonna make for a far more entertaining league having good quality sides there and having that opinion that you don't know who's going to finish from fourth to tenth. Like that, that can only be a good thing for the league, I think. But like it might be shy for us, as you said, we, we, we may well finish tenth. There's nothing to say we won't. But also there's nothing to say we won't finish fourth either. Yeah, I think it, it can it can swing either way. As I says, if we fall in the middle of that, I'm absolutely delighted with that. But you know, all in all, we you just don't know what's going to happen. Like I fancy Dundalk to be in the bottom two. Well, I, I, I think, and I don't, I don't like Ronan. If you ask me, who's going to be in the bottom four? Honestly, I, I tell you, Shamrock Rovers, Derry City, and St Pat's won't be in the bottom four. After that, you know, I couldn't give you an answer. But I do think, um, I do think that Dun. Dundalk is like with Anscombe coming in up there. It doesn't look like he's um, he's you know brought that club together or that the the fans are particularly behind him. Um, he hasn't spoken particularly positive or he hasn't told them how he's going to solve any problems. So I would well I'm always interested in the in the Dundalk soap opera, and <laughs> hopefully that continues. Um, with lots of events throughout the, the 2024 season. I think that's a really good point, uh, Connor. Um, I think I think Dundalk has signed pretty well. They were, they were very, very slow out of the blocks, probably the slowest of everybody, uh, you know, just behind ourselves. Like, um, but I think O'Donnell has brought a few signings together that look pretty decent, you know, primarily loan signings as well, but... I, I think the the they don't look too bad, but I think just on the point of the the owner, I think he could be the biggest problem going forward because you know in the first week that he bought the club, he made a lot of promises and uh, spoke about various different things, but from then till now, he seems to be pretty inactive. Um, you know, just you know, I don't know. It's just it's a strange setup, and you know, if they if they don't get off to a if they don't get off to a decent start, um, I think the world could fall in a, in upon them and in upon the club because they don't have a structure in place to that you know that 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 they are resilient. You know, it's all on him really. Like, and if they don't hit the ground running, and shit, the shit, the shit hits the fan. I think it'll implode. Yeah, here's the open. Please so don't have to go down. It's a 50-50. It's really 50-50. You just don't know what you're going to get with them. I think they've signed okay, but if they don't get off up and running, like, what have they got? Like, we have, we're, we're fan-owned and we have a pretty strong base to work from. Um, your man's come in, he's, he's, he's promised this, that, the other. Nothing is kind of come to fruition um, they're supposed to get loads of players from America and blah blah blah, blah. we're going to improve we're going to improve Oriel Park and you know Oriel Park is just Oriel Park is going to sink that club 
because of all the millions that they've earned throughout the years, they've never reinvested a set of well, barely any money in the ground. So they've no platform in terms of fan structure, ground structure, or anything. They've got to get this fella, he bought into Kerry SC, sold him as quick as he could. Now he's gone to Dundalk. How could that, as a fan of a club, uh, give you confidence? For me, I don't think I could be part of a club that operates in that way. You know, Dundalk fans are the laziest fans in, in the country by a million miles. And I know they won't like people saying that. They won't like but that they, they, they expect everybody just to come in and bail them out. They never want to do anything. They, never, they don't, you know, roll up their sleeves and say, right, right let's take control of this. They're like, well, who's going to buy us out next? They'll just sell the club to anybody. It's, yeah. it's, it's an awful, like, for a club that is as, um, as historical and, um, you know, a big part of the LOI, you know, since the Great Northern Railway, you know, it's just such tradition. But like, honestly, God, they just they don't they're not true to their their roots or or anything like that. It's just yeah, it's a, it's a poor state of affairs. They probably have the oldest squad in the in the league. If you look at Robbie Benson, who's thirty one, Darren Horgan, thirty one, John Mountney, thirty. Um, and who else is in there? Andy Boyle. Is he still with them? Yeah. Uh, he's yeah, he's vice-captain. Uh, 32. Um, it's interesting to see. Um, they, uh, but they have, you know, obviously the, the money that they've been able to pay, the wages that they've been able to pay throughout this, uh, they've managed to keep some of those um, those stronger players there. You know what I'm thinking about? I'm sure they must have been interested in like said, um, Benson over the years, you know. But who's Benson going to go to, Connor? Like he's based in Dublin. The only other club that he really could go to in the Premier Division is probably Drada, because you know he's got a, he's he has his job. Um, mm. So if he wanted to continue football, playing football, he was probably going to go to Dundalk and he was. Probably he could play with any of the Dublin clubs. Yeah, but he's going to sign. Pats aren't going to sign. Shams aren't. Bowls aren't. Pat Tatum got rid of him. Shells, Bowls. They're not going to sign. Comes with his injury issues as well. But he's beginning to rack up the injuries now, right? Darren Horgan, I think, was a strange signing as well because I mean, his best surely a billion. I would imagine, you know. Well, they were very disappointed with him for the second half of last season, weren't they? Yeah, and, you know, John Mountney again... You know, there was talk of him coming to Sligo Rovers, and I wouldn't have, you know, he wouldn't have been the kind of player that would have excited me with his his injury background over recent years as well. It nearly would have been a sign. It would have been a sign nearly of convenience, mm. and and you don't want that. You don't want to do that. Yeah. Anyway, what, what's next one? Uh, who will be Rovers' player this season? Donal. Ed McGinty. Sean, I think that's a decent shout to be fair. Ed McGinty, yeah. Everyone going to say Ed McGinty? No, no, Cherry. Uh, I don't know who I'm going to say, but like, I suppose he's only unknown till the summer, so he might only be here for half a season. So it's kind of hard to. I would agree, but I'd like to agree if he was here for the I'd love if he was here for the full season. Um, God, it's hard to know. I 
Oh, I'm just so devastated about John Mahan, to be honest with you. So, so devastated, like, because by all accounts, he was absolutely parent, you know, best condition he was in, best. He was, like, being a real leader and all that sort of stuff. And not to put it down on things, I, I'm just so, so devastated that he's he's out. We're all, um, yeah, I mean, look at we're all gutted with that news. Um, I, I, I hope that Simon Power is our player of the season because if he is, things are going very well. Yeah, that's a great shout. That's what my, that's what my hope is. I hope at the end of the season, and um, we're looking back at Simon Power as one of the, you know, one of the best signings, one of the, the best contributors. And if that's the case, I think we'll be we'll be okay. I think players coming from Shams uh, to ourselves generally seem to have a good track record as well. Like if you look back to yeah. recent, recent history in it, so the, the, the yeah, kind of good show. I think yeah. Right, I suppose Donald, we've seen him as well there in Finn Park. Like he was probably the brightest spark out of all of it, wasn't he? Yeah, I thought he was very good, Sean. Yeah, in fairness to him, yeah, uh, really good with the ball and, and works as well. You know, so um, yeah, you'd be quite optimistic of, of what he's going to do. Um, for the he's quite big as well, isn't he? Um, on some size, yeah. Yeah, it, it, I wouldn't call him overly big now, but he's, he's athletic, yeah, I suppose, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, he has put on in his shoulders and stuff around O'Connor, isn't it? Well, I just, I saw him in, in the flesh, um, in the showgrounds, and I was, he, he just presented much, he presented more athletic than I anticipated. Yeah, I think, you know, because I, I hadn't realised his, I think we, we had signed him, didn't we? But the last time we'd done the pod. Yeah. He was announced. I think we talked about him already. Like I hadn't realized how bad his injury record was, even though I wanted to sign him after seeing him play against Cork last year. So hopefully now, with what John spoke about as well in the interview and that, like you know, about keeping fellas on the pitch and the extra work they've put into that, you know, he is one. I'd say if you if we keep him on the pitch, yeah, he will be a big, big, big performer for us. I only seen him play about maybe twenty minutes against Derry. In the showgrounds, um, and I was like, "Shit, he's good. He's he is good." That's kind of what he showed as well yesterday. I kind of give you that reaction. You know, he's very yeah. unlucky in the second half with an opportunity where he takes it in, cuts it back, beats the player, and then puts it round the goalkeeper who just hits the inside of the post. Is he right footed on the left? No, left foot. I think he's left and right. I think he can play off both. Because he can play left, right, and he can play through the centre okay. as a 10. Okay. In other words, Sean doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, Ellis Chapman, that, that game against Derry City as well, like, jeez, uh, I thought he was, he, he offered an awful lot of promise as well. Um, so he's one definitely to watch out for. Look, there's a lot of exciting signings. Um, I think anyone of, of the new players coming in, and even Dex Will for sure have a big season this season as well. Mm. So there's plenty to be optimistic about, plenty to forward to. Yeah. Going back to the Derby game, um, just touching on what you were saying there, Donald and, and uh, Sean as well. Like the two things that I took away, or probably three things that I took away from the Derby game was Simon Power, I thought he was like, wow, he's good. The second thing was Ellis Chapman, his his timing of the runs into the box yeah. was like something we haven't had in so, so long, where you've got a midfielder breaking into the box, those fucking timeless runs, you know, getting on the end of things. I can't remember the last player we had like that. 
that for me that was like it was like so refreshing to see it was like unbelievable and then the third thing then was Owen Elding getting that uh, absolute page of all um, and having the con- not even just like everybody says about how we hit it from about 25 it was probably about 25 yards but for me the more impressive part of that was that he picked the ball up in the half in line ran that length with the ball and then got the strike off so for me that he had the confidence to to do that you know it, whereas previously and I, I kind of I've kind of spoken a lot about one and you know because look I have a lot of time from lovely young lad and great star player you know what I'm on about there but um yeah look previously to that Sometimes it was a little bit like a hot potato with him or he didn't have the confidence maybe to engage or things like that. But when I seen him doing picking the ball up in half in line, running with the ball, you know, and then hitting the strike for 25 yards, it's like, yeah, you've arrived. Just one other player as well, which who I thought actually that the our last game against Shams, I thought it was like a nearly like a coming of age performance from Keenan Barrow. Um I thought he was immense on the night um, in Tala, and I, he's one I'm looking forward to seeing more of the season as well. I think uh, um, obviously he's a really talented player, and hopefully we can see plenty of him this, this season too. Donald, just to follow up on that point, would you say it's it's a very important season for him to maybe nail down a place in the team? Oh, well, it, it, of course it would be Ronan, I suppose. Like there's, there's plenty of competition for places. Um, and in that kind of area of the pitch where he where he's playing, like you know, so uh, it's important for him to kind of tune it down his place and stake his claim, really, I suppose. But um, I think uh, I think he showed he showed real character um, towards, especially in Tallis. So that one performance that's a tough place to go. I always remember Liam Buckley uh, when he put on Jimmy Kyo in in Tala, and I think he, he didn't it where. It just killed him. It killed his confidence. It didn't. Um, it 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 didn't do anything for him or his for his development. Whereas that game, like, it was a heightened nothing really for Supplementary that night. And uh, he was one player that kind of walked off the pitch with his head held high. And and uh, I see if he can carry that momentum into next season, he's going to he's going to be a big player for us. And the last question, lads, if he could sign one player from another League of Ireland club, put it into the Rovers starting eleven, who would it be, Connor? Um, I think before we signed Ed McGinty, I would have taken Connor Cairns from from Shams. Um, and, but in lieu of that, I would take um, I take Johnny Kenny, that guy that plays for Shamrock. Mic drop, Jerry. <laughs> yeah. Um. Ah, uh, look, I I agree. I agree with Connor as well. Like, I'd. Walk on broken glass, uh, to Tala, and walk back with Johnny Kenny on me back to bring him back to the show. Just drive up, Jerry. So the options are just drive up. Yeah, that that would probably be more sensible. <laughs> no, I I just I just yeah yeah I just think he's I know a lot of people mightn't agree with me, but I just think he's a fucking serious player. And I I know his goals ratio maybe wasn't wasn't great last year, but I just think for us, he would. I think he'd score twenty goals a season for us. To be honest, with you. easy, yeah, absolutely, no doubt about it. Yeah. 
So yeah, that'd be that'd be my uh, shout. Sean, is it fantasy or realistic? No, uh, yeah, whatever you want, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> Both. Chris Forrester. Yeah. Yeah, but hold fantasy. on. Fantasy. Yeah, he he's the best in the league at what he does. But hmm. in the context of our needs, do we need a yeah. We do. Every, every team needs a Chris Forrester. Every team needs a Chris Forrester. He's magic. Um, that's the obvious that's, answer, though, Sean. He's the best player in the league. That's yeah. the obvious answer. Where, where's your? I know most people would say Jack Byrne. No, oh, Forrester no. miles ahead of him. You know, that's just sure. if Forrester played for Shamrock Rovers and uh, he played for St Pat's Byrne. They'd be going on about Forrester all day long. It's just because yeah. Baron plays for Shams. Oh, trust me, I, that's what I'm saying. Forrester, I think Forrester all day long, like, but just yeah. Um, but realistic signing, yeah, probably Johnny Kenny. Actually, I can't believe that you're all talking about Johnny Kenny. The one player that I'd like from Shams is fucking uh, Rory Gaffney. Uh, yeah. I just think he's like he's. He's been a thorn in our side every fucking time he played. He's a, I think he's he's an immense professional, and uh, he's fucking like he wears his heart and sleeve. He gives a hundred ten percent every game. I just think he's he's a great player. I really, I, I and I he's the kind of player you love to. You just hate playing against because um, like he, he gives everything. So Rory Gaffney for me, I think maybe also probably Gary Deegan wouldn't be a bad shout uh, in terms of. Um, that bit of bite or that attitude. bit of yeah attitude that we might be missing um, uh, this season in midfield. Just maybe that kind of Gary Deegan-esque player. And there's a player that um, actually I think he's been in the Presidents Cup on well he was playing the Presidents Cup Friday night. Darren Nugent for Shams. He was withdrawn a couple of seasons ago. I saw him playing against us and I was really impressed with him. I think he could be a big player for them this season too. So there's three for you guys. Strong answer. Homework is done there, don't it? <laughs> And lads, if we were to give predictions for Friday night, Connor, um, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, um, um, uh, tell us what you're gonna say, Connor. I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, I can't see us scoring a heap of goals in the first. On the fr- well, do you know what? I'm gonna say Alice Chapman uh, scores two and we win one two. Sean? Uh, be delighted with a point because uh, I think it's a complete unknown. We don't know what kind of balls team we're going to come up against. So if you're going against one of the more settled sides, you probably might be able to say something, but this is a complete unknown. They barely have a back line as it is. So that'll be interesting in itself. Um, and they signed a goalkeeper that's had seven clubs in six years, so that doesn't say an awful lot for him. Um I I take a point just to just to get the ball rolling on the season. I think I'd be happy with that, and you know, create a bit of momentum for Derry following week. But uh, I think it's there. I think I think it's there to win, definitely. As I say, I just don't know what kind of balls team is going to come out. These lads that the sign come out would be world beaters. Who knows? So a a point is what I'd be happy with. Donald, I take a point rolling, but I think we're going to win three one. Jerry. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Where are these goals coming from? Out of interest. 
Uh, where the goal is going to come from? Well, Connor, he'd love to tell you. <laughs> 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 well, just, just filling Paddy Power docking here. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Chapman hat trick, isn't it? Uh, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Could be Barrow. You don't know. Yeah. No, I, I, I fancy us being honest. I fancy us. Big pitch. And I can just, I, I, I get a sense that. Uh, with the tide kind of turning against Declan Devine. Um, I don't know was he supported in the, the, the transfer market this season or what issues that they've had. Clearly, there, had, there has been some problems there. Um, so I think this is an ideal time to be getting both. Uh, once we're kind of dialed in and we're focusing the job at hand, I've from the glimpse that I've seen in pre-season, that big pitch is going to suit us. Uh, good surface, good passing surface. Yeah, like why not? Yeah, fuck a three-one to the red for sure. Jerry, um, I think what Donald said there is something that I haven't really thought of before, and it's probably the best point that I've heard throughout the whole close season was that I don't think that he was saying that, that he doesn't think that uh, Declan Devine has been supported in the the transfer market, and I think he's absolutely. Nailed it there. 100% nailed it. Um, having said that, I don't think Bowes will be as bad as everybody's making them out to be because they have, still have a decent enough squad. Um, and look, they'll have a full house there and it, it will be difficult. So look, bite your hand off me for a point just to get up and running as well. And um, But look, it's not to be honest to, to, to win the game and I suppose I've kind of visions of uh, Romeo Parks and, and Mark Byrne, you know, scoring goals up there to beat them 2-1 there not so long ago. So no reason why we can't repeat that. Absolutely. I'm going to go with a uh, 1-1 draw. Get off the fence, Ron, only for fuck's sake. <laughs> Thank you, Connor. Thanks, Ron. Thanks, lads. Looking forward to, um, looking forward to um, the game against Bulls and to... Uh, a safe season when we're not fighting the drop. Cheers, Sean. Cheers, lads. Here's to a good season, hopefully. Cheers, Donald. Cheers, Ronan. Up our side. Thank you, Jerry. Thanks, Ronan. Really enjoyed it and uh, just can't wait for the season to start now.
Trevor McGrover's got one back, tears came to my eyes. And we went two went up and I heard those thousands of Sligo people. I was proud and we went out and won. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. More drama here. Chilali. Looking for Stenson's head away at the far post. And over it comes Elliot. Stenson! One more! It's brilliant! 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 Here comes Quigley. And it's there! It's Slugger over three. St. Patrick's Athletic two. And that could be the decisive moment in the title race. We will never forget this day.